At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warmer from the low. Welcome to OB Las Vegas for Ghost Cosimes with myself, Greg Eames Peterson. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be chatting in segment number two with Eli Hershkovich. He does great work over at the Lions. I know that many of you guys have been asking me if I've got any features for the upcoming college basketball season, and quite frankly, I do not. I will be honest with you. I am a game-to-game better, so we'll do the next best thing. As Eli, he always does a good job taking a look at the futures market, has joined me a few times here in the offseason. I know that Maryland is a team that... He has been in on, Kentucky is as well, and we'll see if he's got anything else to add to that. We're also going to be chatting about how he's taking a look at opening night in college basketball, how he's preparing for the season in general. So, going to get one of the best at being able to handicap basketball in segment number two, and Eli joining me here in segment number one. We're going to get you set for opening night. We're going to be taking a look at some of the latest with regards to players that might be out, players that are a little bit questionable, for opening night, and before we go any further, I did not do this on the podcast today. Rest in peace to one Bobby Knight who passed away at age 83. I know that there were some questionable methods from time to time with regards to how he coached up his team, but certainly a man that did a ton for college basketball. I know that there are some former players that might not have completely loved him as many as others, but there are many of them that they truly, truly did. There have been so many stories coming out over the last 24 or so hours about Bobby Knight. So rest in peace to him at the age of 83. Just nothing but the best to he and his family. And we do want to give a little bit of ode there. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters the M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And let's take a look at some of the things that I am diving in on to be able to get set for opening night. Because I do think that it is very important to be mindful of so many of these guys that may or may not be out of the fold for these opening games. It'll give us a nice edge. And this year I was a little bit in advance with regards to my conference previews just because I did want to be able to focus on what we are all going to be getting night number one. So if you're looking for any specialized college basketball podcast, 
I did one for all 32 conferences, plus all the independents, which, as you guys know, there is one, Chicago State. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the list goes on and on. You just scroll down the list, look for, like, the Pac-12, the Big 12. They're all labeled, and they are all available there. But we are taking a look at Auburn going into their opening night matchup, which will actually be night number two. That'll be a Tuesday game against Baylor because they had G&I Broom go out of a scrimmage a little bit early. I believe that this happened on Wednesday. He hurt his shoulder, took a little bit of a spill. Now, Bruce Pearl is saying that he is, and I quote, should be okay, but I do think that it is something that you do want to be very mindful of. I know that Aiden Hallway has been dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury as well, and these are very big injuries because with G&I Broom last year, 14 points, two and a half blocks per contest. And I truly believe is one of the better low post presence in all of college basketball. Now a guy that is going to be stretching the floor a ton, but was able to expand his range just a little bit last season. And if he can't go against Baylor, that's going to be a big deal because that is going to be one of those neutral court games to begin the season. And I believe if Holloway and Broom are out there that they can win that game outright. Without them, a little bit more of a horse of peace situation. So I am certainly going to be diving in there. And Broom is a multiple point to the spread sort of guy, even with someone like Dylan Cardwell there. So I am going to be taking a look there along with that injury to Hallway as well, I believe is going to be very, very good. Now for West Virginia, they are going to be very shorthanded against Missouri State because you've got Kirk Creesa, who's now dealing with a nine-game suspension for apparently impermissible benefits. This should come as a shock to absolutely nobody, but a Kukukuku, he collapsed on the floor in the team's last exhibition against George Mason. He is going to be out against Missouri State as well, and you just hope for nothing but the best for a Kukukuk on a humanistic standpoint. He comes over after a season ago in the Big East. He was able to average about six half points, six boards, two blocks per contest, but that is going to leave this team very short-handed. You've got to think that Quinn Slesnitsky is probably going to be getting a start. He was over at Iona last year, began his career at Louisville. He's 6'9". He's able to pop a few threes, but this is a West Virginia team that with Raekwon Battle not getting his waiver, they're really going to be relying upon Jesse Edwards night number one. And I think there's a possibility that they lose outright to Missouri State. I've got right now West Virginia as about a 4.5 to a 5-point favorite in that game on my handicap. Right now, I'm seeing at DraftKings, this is more of a 7 to 7.5 point line. If you have availability to be able to bet that number, I would certainly be taking 7 plus right now with Missouri State. West Virginia is just out of bodies right now, for lack of a better term. And I do think that it could be a little bit of a rough season for them. We are seeing a little bit of injury news with regards to Georgia Tech as well. Lance Terry is certainly going to be out against Georgia Southern. Terry last season transferred in from the Big South, and he was pretty soft for Georgia Tech. He was able to register 10 points per contest. Not someone that was really able to dole out the ball rock hook lot. He was a little bit of a one-trick pony, but that is going to be putting this team behind the eight ball a little bit. And then we are seeing Tashawn Claude, one of the main big men for Georgia Tech. He is questionable as well, someone that came over after he was able to register seven plus rebounds per game over at Western Carolina. That means that Miles Kelly is probably going to have to do a bit of everything for this team as he and Dallin Debo Coleman Probably going to be your main scores with Claude perhaps being out of the fold as well. You have to think that Kawasi Reeves, six foot six, little bit of a do-it-all player that comes over from Florida, but has his issues being out of pop threes. He's probably going to need to step up. I could see a little bit of Ebenezer Dewana being able to see some minutes down low. 
for Georgia Tech as well. And I do think that there's a lot of upside with this Georgia Tech team, but I also believe that with Georgia Tech, you've got a lot of equals with this team and now having a pair of injuries in Lance Terry, who's certainly out. Claude, who's a little bit questionable. That depth, that is going to be a bit of an issue against the Georgia Southern team. And I actually like the trajectory of them just a little bit. This is not a Georgia Southern team that I think is going to be able to win that game outright night number one, but I mean, this is going to be Damon Sotomayor's first time in a while coaching at the college basketball level. He spent a few years at Pacific, and I thought that he did a good job at Pacific, but spent some time in the NBA, now he's resurfacing, and they're going to go up against the Georgia Southern team. It's a little bit new look themselves, but bringing in something like a Russell Dean that's able to take over a game. We saw what he was able to do with the ball in his hands at Hampton. Eugene Brown, the third, coming over as well. Not going to be the easiest test night, number one, for Georgia Tech. So keeping my eye on whether or not Tyshawn Claude is going to be out there or not because now the depth is starting to come into question just a little bit for Georgia Tech. We are also taking a look at whether or not we're going to get Naquan Tomlin at all this season because for Kansas State, he suffered an arrest. He is going to be out. And right now, what Jerome Tang said on the situation about 24 or so hours ago is that he's treating this as if it's a season-long injury. And if Tomlin is able to get out there on the floor at all, that's just going to be an added bonus. You got to think that David Engessen is going to be seeing a lot of minutes as for Tomlin, he was rock solid down low for Kansas State. But with Kansas State, lots of moving, moving parts. They have to go to the West Coast to play against USC night number one. And I had Tomlin worth a full point to the line personally. I had initially said USC is more around about a three to a three and a half point favorite. Now I think that you could lay up to four with USC at DraftKings. I was seeing this line at three. So if you're able to lay three right now with USC, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad look. So Tomlin being out the fold, I do think that that's a big deal for a Kansas State team that they've got talent, but they've got a lot of moving pieces as well. And I do not know how that is going to be going as well. And then a pair of injuries with regards to Nebraska. Josiah Alec has not been going full go in practice. And apparently there was a little bit of issue with regards to rink mass as well. He has sort of been in and out of the fold. So I'm going to be taking a look to see what Nebraska is going to be having moving forward because I know that there's also some question marks with Jawan Gary. He's able to average 9.5 rebounds per game last season, but I know that he's been dealing with some injuries as well. So the entire front court of Nebraska is right now a little bit of a question mark. And then if you are taking a look at a little bit more good news, Donovan Klingon, he is back at practice. Now, for Donovan Klingon, if he does play in UConn season opener against Northern Arizona, I think that he's going to be very limited. Klingon last year was averaging less than 15 minutes per contest. For UConn, if you look at that early season schedule, this is something that I've alluded to on the podcast a few times. Playing against Northern Arizona, playing against Stonehill, Mississippi Valley State. They've got, let's call what it is, some less than terrific competition. And then the rubber really meets the road in late November, early December. They're going to have that massive game against Kansas to lead off December. I believe that they've got a game against Indiana somewhere along the line as well. I know that in late November, they've got a multi-team event that is going to be very highly contested. I think that that is that Indiana game somewhere in the neighborhood of November 19th, November 20th. So be mindful of that. And then they've got North Carolina in early December as well. So I have a feeling that the Huskies, they might get them out there night number one against Northern Arizona, but they shouldn't need them too much. I'm expecting Klingon to play 
very, very limited amount of minutes, and I'd still be willing to lay up to about 28, 29 points with UConn against Northern Arizona. The initial DraftKings line I was seeing was more in the neighborhood of 24 to 24 and a half, so I do think that you've got some value there with a tremendous backcourt headlined by Cam Spencer and Tristan Newton. So those are some of the things I'm taking a look at right now in terms of the college basketball landscape. Do be mindful of these injuries because I do think that they're going to be a big deal when it comes to night number one and whether or not we are going to be able to make some money on these teams. And I am doing my best on this podcast to be able to get these all rounded up. And like I said, if you do have a question for this podcast to get you set for the upcoming season, we've got a few days until things get rocking and rolling at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter slash X. Fire those in. More than happy to get those squared away before night number one of the college basketball season. And coming up next, we get a little bit more of a futures perspective. We get set for the upcoming season with one of our good friends, Eli Hershkovich of the Lions, right here on Coast to Coast East with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Eastern Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Sports Betting Innovative Analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas for Cubs Cubs with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always good to be joined by this man, is Eli Hershkovich. He's doing tremendous work over at the lines, and he, all 12 months out of the year, is doing a great job paying attention to this game that we all know and love of college basketball. On top of that, I know that he's been doing a nice job on the NFL front. He, much like myself, a little bit sad that the baseball season has ended, but you know what, when the baseball season ends, that means that college basketball is going to be getting started, and we are mere days away. Eli is all prepared for it, and he's joining us here, and you're able to follow him on Twitter, slash X, at his first and last name, Eli Hershkovich, at last name is spelled H-E-R-S-H-K-O-V-I-C-H, all together. And Eli, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, Greg, pumped to talk some college basketball. We were touching on this before the podcast got started. I just truly cannot believe the season is about to begin in a negative and a positive sense. I could use a few more days of uh, maybe some call for sure. When there's 362 D1 teams, I am not sure if you ever have enough time to be able to prepare, but we are doing our best. And I know you've been working on your power ranking so diligently. And I mean, just before we dive into some of the teams that you might be a little bit bullish slash bearish on, what is really the process in putting together your power rankings? Because I do feel like everyone has it a little bit different. Some are a little bit more algorithm-based. Some are a little bit more by feel. And I don't think that there's one really true end-all, be-all correct answer. It's just finding what works best for you. For sure. Mine is algorithm-centric, along with your projections and what goes into that. For context, and just for anybody that goes to the lines.com to check them out, Defensive-oriented is probably the best way that I would describe them because if you look at them on the surface, you may say, okay, why is St. Mary's a top-10 team? But you could also make the case that the Gales will be a top-10 team this year and finish above Gonzaga. And finally, a team will knock off the Bulldogs, at least in the regular season, atop the WCC standings. But I think that provides some further explanation as to how I go about them. You look at a team like Marquette, for instance, and I've seen them as high as number two in some power ratings. They're number 11 in mine, Greg. I don't know your perspective on Marquette and your expectations, maybe juxtaposed to the market's expectations. Marquette sitting around 25 to one to win it all, just to show how bullish 
the college basketball betting market and specifically the futures market, what the expectations are for Marquette after winning not only the Big East regular season title, but the conference tournament title. But losing Maxence Prosper to me is going heavily underlooked. For a team that is loaded offensively, Joplin will slide in the sixth man from last season into that four spot, no problem. But Prosper's defense, I mean, he held opponents to 24% when he was the nearest defender, 26.3% from the field when he was contesting a shot. That is irreplaceable. Again, I don't think the market is really taking that into account enough. So I hope that gives a good summary of, it's not only projections, algorithm-based, but also funneling in what took place last year and what teams are losing. And I do think that that's so important to point out. And how much you take into account a little bit of the rebounding aspect as well? Because I'm with you on Marquette. I feel like I'm a little bit more bearish about them. And I do think that it is good that Marquette generates turnovers. But my biggest issue with this Marquette team, on top of what you were talking about in terms of the defense itself, you really don't have anyone other than Oso Ogadero, who's really a truly solid rebounder for this team. Marquette is projected in whether it's power ratings or if you use the college basketball features market for context, UConn, Marquette, one way or the other, one, two in the Big East. Villanova is getting some praise, but they're around 40 to one. I I told you this, Greg, the last time or one of the last few times I've been on your podcast that Creighton not only is the top team for me in the Big East, according to my power ratings, but, and I also have a future on them, by the way, just for a quick tease there for anybody that hasn't heard me on your pod before. I got them at 40 to one, actually on opening night of the NFL season, just to show how we're taking it to college basketball when the majority of betters are looking at the NFL. But I'm pretty bullish on Creighton, not only in the conference, but they're my number three team in college basketball in my power ratings. And that's a team that lost Ryan Nemhard, yes. Lost Arthur Kaluma, yes. But brings back Ryan Cockbrenner. And I think you bring up good points there. As Eli Hershkovich, who does tremendous work over at the Lions, is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Eli, I know that you have placed a few features. You were just alluding to the one that you dove in on with regards to Creighton. And how would you, what's the best advice you would give to people that are looking to place some features right now? Because I do think that a lot of the best numbers, they were earlier in the offseason. And it's one of those cases where I feel like the numbers are, pretty appropriate as of right now but I think that there's a lot of tremendous features value when it comes to a few weeks after the start of the college basketball season when there's a team that you're bullish on maybe they're a little bit shorthanded they lose a game or two early on and you're able to get a significantly better number then rather than right now because I just feel like right now is a little bit more of a murky time to be placing features Whereas in a few weeks, you could get perhaps a substantially better number than you could try to get preseason. Yeah, it depends. You could definitely wait. If you look at the conference, or not the conference tournament, but some of these holiday tournaments and a team that may struggle. For instance, if you're on the opposite end of Greg and I in your evaluation of Marquette, they're in the Maui Invitational, which ironically isn't taking place in Maui this year for good reason. But that's a team that had may have a tough matchup or two in that tournament and if they lose a game or two their futures number will rise so definitely worth looking into from that standpoint I grabbed UConn Greg last year at 50 to 1 65 to 1 I think was the other number I got on them right after they played in their holiday tournament and that was in late November so you could have gotten a better number than I got even before the season began but just to your point it may be worth evaluating 
some teams and taking time because that's the other part of this is, see, I value continuity maybe more than the average college basketball better, even your experience futures better does. That's something that I don't take lightly. And you look at a team like last year with UConn, yes, the Huskies brought in pieces like Tristan Newton and Donovan Klingon, who is a freshman, and Newton was in East Carolina transfer. But you had Adama Sinogo back, who was the Final Four most valuable player. You had Andre Jackson. You had Jordan Hawkins. You had your coach for the last, what, three, four seasons before that in Dan Hurley. So the continuity was evident despite big instrumental pieces coming into place and UConn losing pieces the prior year. And also one other thing that I dove into my futures guide, which you could find just got published today, actually over at the lines.com and the power ratings are inside of that. If you look at Kempom and one of the metrics that are on Kempom, one of the ones that I look at just to gauge what kind of parity or projected parity we may get in a given college basketball season, adjusted efficiency margin does a really good job, which is one of the metrics on his site of outlining that. And it's the smallest opening range in adjusted efficiency margin and the lowest standard deviation among the top 10 teams on Kempom since 2011-2012. So that gives away, if you buy into that notion, that there is going to be a lot of parity this season. And because of that, there may be value lowered down on the futures odds board. And right now you could actually get a 35 to one ticket on Creighton. I think that's a price that's available at least a couple different shops. That's a price that I still find intriguing. The other future that I have is still at the number that I got it at going back to earlier in the summer. So it depends on the team, Greg, is what I would say. And the way I go about things on the surface, a continuity is still pretty valuable to me when it comes to the futures market. And B, when you're trying to dig into some of these teams, the top of the odds board is probably not the way you want to go. Yep, I do agree with you there. And we have seen a lot of teams towards the top of the odds board be able to come through in recent years. But as we know, last year, I mean, a lot of places had UConn in that neighbor of like 75 to 80 to 1 before the season. And even after UConn just ripped through the non-conference portion, you were alluding to it. You bet them in late November and they were on fire. They were undefeated when you had bet them. You were still getting north of 50 to 1 on that team as well. So I do think that there is a little bit more parity this year. As joining me on the show, we do have Eli Hershkovich who does tremendous work over at the Lions and I do think that there's going to be a lot of underdogs that do come through towards the beginning part of the season as a result because I just take a look at these top teams in college basketball you've got in my opinion whatever order you want to place it in Duke, Kansas and Purdue are really my top three teams you might have a little bit of deviation there but I certainly do think that those are three of the top five teams in all of college basketball but I look at those teams and if they go up against someone like a Houston, even a Marquette in the right matchup, in the wrong matchup, Marquette might be in for a little bit of a rough go of it, especially if they go against Purdue, a team that's very good at rebounding. But I do think that there is a lot of wiggle room, and I don't think that these teams that are towards the top are demonstrably better and should be priced the way that they are right now because what you were alluding to before with regards to parity, I think that that could be a big theme that we see this year in college basketball. No question. And if we start out, maybe we're going to get into this a little bit later, Greg, but just kind of looking at the opening night slate and over the first week of the season and trying to gauge which teams are over and undervalued respectively, Kansas State is an interesting team 
And I know that may sound like a surface level comment, but you look at their opening number on opening night against USC. They're a three point dog on a neutral floor in Vegas. And I actually have the Trojans power rated as the top 10 team. I think I have them rated ninth in my college basketball power ratings, which again, you can find over at thelines.com. That might seem crazy for USC, and maybe we can get to that in a bit. But just with Kansas State, you're not going to have Naquin Tomlin. And for betters that remember Kansas State last year, this is not the same team. And just because you had a team that came together more than I would have ever expected, cohesion-wise, there is so much variance that comes into play in March. You look at a team like FAU that easily could have been bounced in their first game if Kendrick Davis didn't twist his ankle with like or if the timeout gets called right exactly there are so many situations minute by minute moment by moment even in March Madness where you really have to evaluate okay was this team fortunate and listen that's a part of one game variance and one game sample size. And that's why we love March Madness. But a team could also be overvalued because of that. I'm, on, I'm actually curious what FAU is priced at in their opening game. I think it's their opening game in the Barstool Invitational against Loyola Chicago, a team that I'm pretty high on, at least, you know, kind of compared to the market and their price in their respective conference to win the conference title regular season wise. Not that I'm betting that, but I do think I'm a bit higher on them than maybe the market is to begin the season. So that'll be an interesting spread to look at. But going back to Kansas State, you're not going to have Tomlin. You don't have Marquise Noel. Like the guard play is completely different. Yes, you have one of the best shooters in college basketball when you think about it from at least a mid-major level in Tyler Perry from North Texas. So I get it. The experience, just from the sense that we've seen this Kansas State coaching staff get a transfer-filled roster to play well together, but that doesn't mean that just because it happened last year, it's going to happen this year. Yep, I'm right there with you, and you bring up such a good point with Kansas State in terms of Tama being out, because initially I made this number right where it is at DraftKings, right around a three-point favorite with USC laying it, but with Tama being out, that does give me a nice edge on USC right now with that minus three. I think once you get up to minus five and beyond, that's really a little bit of a point of no return for me, but I do see a little bit of wiggle room with that line as of right now, and how big is it for these early games for these opening night games and beyond that you are being mindful of these things like Tomlin being out of the fold, like a little bit of an unexpected injury, because I know that we've been tracking whether or not Donovan Klingon is going to be out there night number one, because I do think that night number one, you've got all like the Ken Palm projections, Evan Miyakawa, all these statisticians that they do great work in college basketball. You're going to find some differences there, but I really think that where you can find some great value is whether or not you know a guy is going to be eligible, whether or not you know that someone is dealing with an injury or not. I think that that could be of great value because bookmakers have to book 113 games for night number one, and they can't catch everything. It's a good point. The other thing just to be careful of is to the same degree that I was touching on, continuity may not be as crisp as you would expect if you just solely look at the talent on an individual roster, like even if Tomlin was in for Kansas State, you could say that 
the Trojans are undervalued in that game. That doesn't mean I'm betting on USC necessarily as we discuss it. I don't want your listeners to go to the window thinking I'm betting USC necessarily, but continuity could also play against me. And that's why the new age transfer portal is you, you mentioned from the beginning and on previous podcasts that we've done together and even on your show on VEASAN, how early in the season, you're likely to get the most value because the bookmakers and the odds makers don't necessarily know how to adjust. But the college basketball betting market and landscape in general is so different than it was two or three years ago because of the transfer portal itself. Yes, there's ineligibility to keep in mind, as you alluded to, but there's also, you may just be flat out wrong on whether there is continuity or not on a given roster for a team that's primarily filled or somewhat filled with transfers. So I would say if you have an edge, bet it, but just be careful earlier in the season. Yep, I think so as well. And something that I've alluded to on this podcast the last few days is a lot of people say that it's in air quotes here, easier to bet college basketball earlier in the season. I think the word volatile is much more appropriate. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but I think volatile is the word because you could do really well earlier in the season. If your priors are off, though, it could be a relatively rough go of it. A hundred percent. It's a similar concept with any sport, but and maybe college football better. See, I don't bet a ton of college football, so I can't say whether continuity in the transfer portal is a similar notion to the way we're describing it with college basketball one way or the other, but you really have to do the dance And if you're going to attack with your biggest edges, and it's also, if you, let's say you decide to wait, right? Let's say you take some of my advice and then you're going to spray the board in January, or at least that's what you think is the right approach. May not be the right approach if your priors are off, or at least if your power ratings come conference play are off. If you if you overvalue a team that did well in the non-conference portion of the slate, and then once they get into the midst of a grittier conference schedule, it may be more difficult. And I know that's generic. It may sound generic, but you really want to be, again, try to walk the line, walk a tightrope is the best way I could describe it. Because as Greg said, you could get burned it could go your way. I've had a good NFL season. It doesn't mean that in week nine, I'm placing 10 bets just because I'm up eight or nine units this year in the NFL, if you catch my draft. Yeah, but I think that that's so important to be mindful of. And there's always regression as well, because you're in and you're out. We see a team go like nine and one in non-conference play. And then in conference play, they go down the toilet bowl because bookmakers had adjusted and Perhaps there were a few bounces going their way to be able to get those covers as well. So you don't look at UConn last year in conference play at the beginning, at least that's a team that while I was high on them and I think I bet on them against Marquette, for instance, on the road, they lost that game. And yes, Marquette may have had the benefit of positive variance from time to time, especially with the way they defend. But you also did have Max's Prosper last year, which made up for a lot of their defensive lapses because they were so reliant on forcing turnovers. And when they didn't, their half-court defense suffered when Max's Prosper's length didn't make up for it. But just going back to UConn, that's a team that really struggled to cover. And you can make the case the market may have been overvaluing after a dominant non-conference play. And then on the other side of it, you look at what happened in March, right? 
going into the tournament or even before the Big East. I think I wrote that article up, wrote an article up on the lines.com in late February that UConn, that juncture of the season was the time to buy potentially before the Providence game, if I remember correctly. And they did blow out the Friars. Not that I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but that just goes to show you just because a team is ultra dominant, once you get into conference play and once familiarity comes into play, it is a completely different, not only betting market, but just game in general. And a big reason why when familiarity comes into play, the Big Ten every single year, when the margins are so thin, home court advantage typically is the difference maker in that conference as well. So there's just so many angles to be able to take a look at. Eli, it is a complex sport to take a look at. There's 362 teams. It's part of why we love it so much. You've done great work all all off-season long to get prepared for what we're going to be seeing on Monday and beyond. You're doing great work at the line. Says I know that you've got a few podcasts out there. I know that you guys have a tremendous Discord as well. So going to give you the floor here. Let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you, what you've got going on this season, and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so I got my Futures article pinned on X, Twitter, whatever Elon Musk wants to call it these days. You can follow me on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. You can find our Discord on thelines.com in the top right-hand corner on the homepage. Subscribe for notifications whenever I place a college basketball bet, an NFL bet in that futures guide that I mentioned. I have the other team that I bet on earlier in the summer. If you want to check that out, the tease, it's a big 10 team as Greg, the conference that Greg just brought up. And then also do a lot of NFL handicapping. And like I said, it's been a good year, but as Greg said, regression can come at any moment, even if you feel good about your power ratings and such. So we do an NFL podcast, which you could find Just search the lines. One word on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. We just did one earlier today, breaking down the NFL week nine card. And I know I'll be on VEASAN with you Thursday night to break down the NFL slate a little bit deeper. Absolutely. Eli has been joining me on my VEASAN show, The Greg Peterson Experience, typically every Thursday, taking a look at some football. He's done great work there. And here's a massive spoiler. I'm sorry, Eli, I'm going to spill the beans. It is not Minnesota that he plays the future on. Do not place a future on Minnesota. So <laughs> you never know. I that that is my third futures bet, Greg. Oh man. If we see a futures bet on Minnesota, then I'm gonna be starting to questioning what sort of a reality I am living in. But that said, Eli, he does absolutely tremendous work taking a look at this great game of college basketball, doing a great job on the football front and so much more. And it's always great to get him aboard. A big thanks to Eli for joining me on Cus Cus Hoops, part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Cus Cus Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, Larzium, naming does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. We've got you guys pretty set for the upcoming season. Like I said in the first segment, all the conference previews, if you're on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just scroll down. We've got a specialized conference preview podcast for all these conferences here in these last few days of the off season, We're just crossing our T's, dotting our I's, making sure that we've got everything set for opening night. We do our best in knowing some of these rosters, as there's always going to be a last-second injury or two that nobody catches. But we're going to do our level best to find our edges there, and then 
Come this podcast, Monday at midnight Pacific, 3 o'clock a.m. Eastern, picks and analysis on all 113 of those D1 versus D1 games, night number one, and every single day on this podcast, you're getting picks and analysis as long as it involves two D1 teams for every single game, every single day. We're almost there. Always appreciate you guys tuning in, and I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast, so I'll chat with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.